0: And we're back! Holy moly! Lots has happened.
1: Lots has happened. The
0: dog just woke up. He's scared. We don't know what to do. Just great things are happening in Cleveland. I'm Steve Jose. This is Zach McCune. Uh, we're the Bullseye Boys. Back at you. Another episode of Hanging with Hoosie podcast. It's been a while,
1: Zach. Yeah, What's, been a while. What you been doing lately? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh... School year is still going on. School's still going on. Yeah. Co- coaching middle school track. Yeah. How's
0: yeah. that going? It it's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I may or may not have obtained a sports hernia or pulled my groin, so that was fun. <laughs> but that's really about it. Um, but we're not here to talk about our personal quibbles. <laughs> uh, we're just here to talk more uh, Cleveland sports. Um, a lot, a lot has happened. We were trying to get it all in a clear, concise document. Um, Just the Browns. Just start with the Browns. So much has happened this offseason with the Cleveland Browns. I guess we just start at the beginning is what we determined, right? Just start with the Kareem Hunt signing, which we really, I don't think, got a chance to touch on. Mm -hmm. And the breaking news happened earlier today that he is going to indeed be suspended for the first eight games doesn't count the preseason, folks. Uh, but the first eight games of the regular season, Cream Hunt,
1: Zach, go.
0: Uh he's a Brown now. He I is, never he thought is. that would happen. He's a
1: Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I was, I was quite surprised when that, uh, when that signing came across my, my Twitter back. Oh my man, it was like what three four weeks ago now. It feels like um, three four years ago. It does. It feels like a long time ago. Um, I was very surprised. Um, I know we. Um, we kind of talked about his uh, you know being cut from the chiefs when that happened earlier in the in the regular season. Um, but yeah, I was just I was surprised. you know, I just didn't think that that was an avenue that John Dorsey was looking at. Um, obviously, there's a connection there between him and uh, Dorsey went back from their Kansas City days, but um, it was not something that I was looking four. Um, and I think I'm still kind of just surprised that it actually happened. Um, but you get the guy on a one year, $1 million contract. Uh, like you said, he's going to be suspended for the first eight games of the season. Um, so, you know, he's, I think he forfeits like, I think it's pro hundred or like $600,000, but I mean, he's got some, um, incentives, um, John Dorsey has said you know, the last few weeks that he's done everything he's had to do. He's been in the building. Um, he's done what they've asked of him. So he's been, to our knowledge, a you know, productive member of the Cleveland Browns since he's been on the team. Um, but I think the big, the big story now is you know, we talked about him being suspended the first eight games, but that doesn't include anything in the preseason. Um, he can go to OTAs. He can practice with the team. Um, that suspension does not start till August 31st when, uh, the final 53 man roster has to be submitted to the NFL. So I, I expect him to play quite a bit in the preseason. Uh, and then I don't know. We'll just see what happens, I guess. I don't know. It's, it was just a very interesting signing. It wasn't something that I was pinpointing, um, especially with, you know, the, the year that Nick Chubb had, um. Duke Johnson I know he was kind of had a disappointing season we've talked about that too but I was kind of hoping that we'd be able to bring him along a little bit now he might be finding himself out of the fold there's been some rumblings that he's been you know that he's been shopped around teams have been calling about him um and that would that would also be kind of disappointing for me because I love Duke Johnson I love what he brings to the to the offense so to lose him would I think would would kind of stink but It was like I said. It was something that I wasn't thinking about. I didn't think running back was a position of need for the Browns. But I mean, if you can get a guy on a, you know, on a cheap one year deal that says, "Okay, we're bringing you in. We're gonna give you all this, uh, you know, prove it to me money." So I don't know. We'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah. uh, When it initially happened, I think we picked him up what maybe a month ago. Um, Mm -hmm. It was an interesting pickup because. It really seemed like the first time that John Dorsey – we kind of questioned his mm-hmm. uh, his ability to uh, analyze NFL pro talent. I mean, he obviously knows a pro player when he sees it, but I think he's also been really adept at bringing in culture guys. Okay. And we've heard – I mean, I think it was the week before they hired Freddie Kitchens in the entire talk that – Uh, Dorsey and the Browns you know front office has had is we want character guys we want high quality people in this organization and a couple days later they signed Kareem Hunt and everybody's kind of scratching in their head and I know we got beat up in the national media it was really the first time I think in the year that we've had John Dorsey as our general manager that people looked around and were a little confused Mm -hmm. I mean it the talent can't be denied, but the but the PR look, the PR hit, and the ability to go out and sign somebody who had, I mean, it's not like he picked up somebody who had been out of the league for two years. Like he picked up somebody who, two months earlier, was lambasted as like the next version of Ray Rice, and was like the black eye on the NFL heading into the playoffs, um, and you know who everybody. Who wasn't a football fan was you know they knew his name, and especially in the Cleveland market because mm-hmm. the incident happened in Cleveland, um, everybody was talking about it, and that that was the first thing I thought of was like, oh, has Dorsey lost it for a set like did, did he lose a step by kind of reaching a little bit and maybe getting a little too cocky with this signing? and then. It kind of come, you know. It comes out today that the suspension's eight games, and after the week that we've had so far with uh, free agency starting, looks really smart. Yeah. All of a sudden it looks like a really smart pickup to have somebody who's only going to miss half the season. I, I know I say only, but the guy, you know, Kareem Hunt's only 23 years old, has a lot of football left to play, has a lot of things left to do in his life. Um, it looks like it could be timed perfectly where – this could be the the greatest insurance policy you ever had. If you had any doubts in your mind about Nick Chubb, which I think we talked about this you know, throughout the entire last season, was we kept scratching our head, why isn't this guy getting more touches through the first half of the season? I think a part of that was Hugh Jackson. But I want, it makes me wonder in the back of my head if the Browns who are working with Nick Chubb wonder about his knee a little bit. And this is a guy who can... You know, God forbid the worst happens and we're depleted at running back. Then suddenly you have a guy down for the stretch run, uh, to come in who's a game changer. Uh, All of a sudden, you know, flash, you know, fast forward a month, John Dorsey looks like a genius again. So I, I guess my the moral of my story is, I'm never going to question John Dorsey again, (laughs) regardless (laughs) of what he does. He says the right things. He does the right things. He seems to know what he's doing as far as personnel, even controversial personnel pickups that he seems to make. Um, that's just my takeaway with the Kareem Hunt signing so far.
1: Any more thoughts? Oh, no, i just think you know, like, he's, he has these incentives in his contract. He, he knows what he's got to do, and as long as he, he does that, then... Yeah.
0: It, you know, and the history with John Dorsey, you know, he obviously was a guy who scouted him and drafted him you know, initially with the Kansas City Chiefs. uh, There's that relationship there to, I don't want to say that they are best friends, but maybe there's a trust level Mm -hmm. there that doesn't exist with other general managers or front offices. Um, I think they know where they're both coming from. They know the situation here moving forward. And, hey, like I said, we we have a potential game changer in the backfield to, uh, spell Nick Chubb. That will be the most interesting thing for me on the offensive side of the... Well, one of the most interesting things on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball is when Kareem Hunt comes back and let's say Nick Chubb has had a really productive first half of the season, how do you suddenly throw this guy mm-hmm. into the mix? How do you split those carries up? What do you do from a schematic standpoint? And this is going to be a big challenge for Freddie Kitchens um, to just have a plethora of talent you know ball hucking Mm -hmm. and just you know making plays out of the backfield one way or another i mean it's a great problem to have i guess but it it can be a challenge (laughs) as we've seen with you know let's transition to another league like the nba you know the boston celtics have had an issue incorporating some of their guys back into the fold i mean there's only one ball to go around is the old adage so Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens um But on the offensive side of the ball, we've had some changes too. Um, I think we picked up Rashad Perryman for a second, and then he left. And Demetrius Harris was signed at tight end. Was anything else? Did anything else happen on the offensive side of the ball? There was another blanking.
1: uh, Yeah, there was another trade that just happened in the last couple days. Oh yeah, Austin
0: Corbett's going to be into the mix now on (laughs) O line. We're just kidding. It's Odell Beckham Jr., uh, probably the biggest name in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. I mean. I don't know who's a bigger name in the entire league besides Odell Beckham, but he is a Cleveland Brown officially. Zach, what were your initial thoughts when we <laughs> signed Odell Beckham just uh, three days ago? When we
1: traded for him, I'm sorry. Honestly, I don't. I don't think it's, it's like set in yet. Still, like it was something that we've heard for the last couple of weeks. You know, on and off when Dorsey and uh, Dave Gettleman were seen at the at the combine. You know, yeah. chit chatting. And uh, we've heard it on Cleveland Sports Talk Radio for the last two or three weeks that it's a possibility. and It sounded I, like a pipe dream. Yeah, I never really gave it any like serious contention in my brain. Okay. And then when it came across the news on whatever it was, Tuesday night, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I think I'm still waiting for the for the moment where I'm like, holy crap, this actually like is... And I don't know when yeah. that's going to happen. I don't know if that's... You know, week one of the season. I don't know if that's in preseason where I'm going to be like, oh wow, we, this this guy is now on our team. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's arguably the the best wide receiver in the league right now. Like you said, one probably the biggest name in the NFL. Um, and it's just it's amazing what John Dorsey has done with this team. Uh, never thought it would happen. I like you said, I thought it was a pipe dream, and never thought that something like this would. And and to give up what we did is like, do you want some more, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Gettleman? Like, is this all yeah. you need? Uh, it's, it's just unreal. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, it still hasn't hit me yet that, it, that it's real. It, like, like, pinch me. It's, it's not real life. It really <laughs> reminded me of the moment
0: that LeBron James officially announced that he was coming back to the Cavs. I think that was something we all had in the back of our heads mm-hmm. that was like a possibility. But we're like, no way is this happening We can't get our hopes up. This is Cleveland. We can't have nice things. Things break around here. Everybody is usually leaving this town for greener pastures, quote-unquote. And then you turn around and you're like, dang. We have one of the top three skilled position players in the NFL coming to our team. Maybe the best wide receiver that we've seen in this generation. Um, You can add us about Antonio Brown, but I just – I think – Odell Beckham has even gone to that next level where so what I think when I think of Odell Beckham is he he's almost like the the modern day Steph Curry where Odell Beckham has really the one-handed catches like that's things that kids are trying in middle school now. Antonio Brown doesn't have a thing like that. Like I know he's really good, but like this is what Odell Beckham has done is like he's made it He's made the sport of football like more of a highlight reel than ever before. And he's done it at a really high level. Um, you can say injuries, you can say attitude or whatever, but we have perhaps the highest-skilled position player or the best-skilled position player in the NFL on our team now. Thrown in with Baker Mayfield, thrown in with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt as well. Um, I just still can't believe it. And then the added... Uh, incentive of him and Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. are apparently best friends since middle school. These two have been best buds forever um, for at least a decade or more. That competitive attitude that we already know that Jarvis has, obviously Odell Beckham has, cause they're from the cut from the same cloth. That's going to rub off to the entire team. And it's, this is a, comp- it's officially a different Browns team than mm-hmm. we've ever seen in our lifetime. like, you know I know the the 80s Browns were really solid with Bernie Kosar. I don't think we've had this type of skill top to bottom since the 60s when it was like Jim Brown and Otto Graham mm-hmm. just tearing up the NFL
1: in back in the day yeah. and I just have dreams of Odell I mean you I mean you've you've gotta you gotta put your best when you're thinking defense you got to put your best cover corner on Odell you gotta you gotta double team this guy and, and the The opening that's that's going to give to Jarvis underneath Uh, Antonio Callaway, I I expect him to have a huge year this year because of that. I mean, he commands double teams, and it's just going to open up the playbook for all these other guys underneath, especially like I said, Jarvis, uh, Antonio Callaway, Nick Chubb out of the backfield, Duke Johnson sticks around. You know, getting him in the slot again, getting him the ball. um, It just opens up so much more for your offense. You've got that that down the field threat that we begged for all season after baker kind of took over this offense we're like okay we need to get somebody downfield we like we like the the short you know to intermediate passing routes but you can't live on that you've got to be able to throw the ball deep in this nfl and and make big plays and now we've got that guy and it's just it's it's a completely different offense top five offense in the league yeah i I mean mean, is that is that is it too soon to say that? <laughs> I don't I don't think that's
0: even a stretch because um you know I I know that Odell Beckham Od- Odell Beckham has kind of carried that controversial wide receiver diva mantra for a little bit for maybe a year or two but his issues have always been uh the struggles that the Giants have had at quarterback, you know. I think it's no secret that Eli Manning has really depreciated as a as a player in the nfl as a viable starter in the nfl over the last couple of years um that's i think different than when you look at what's happened with the pittsburgh steelers i think that's different what's happened with other professional athletes i'm i mean this guy is in his prime he's 25 years old 26 years old um he has a lot of great football left to play, and I think he wants to win at the highest level. Um, I just, yeah, I words escape me. Like, I I can't believe, first off, that we got him. I can't believe the heist. Do, do you have the trade pulled up real quick for what, what we ended up giving up? It felt like a steal in the moment. I was like, because I was kind of with you when I saw that I got the notification that we were getting Odell Beckham. I'm like, oh, great, we probably gave up a Little more than we should have, but then when I f- saw the trade come through, I was like, That's
1: all we had to give up for Odell Beckham. Yeah. So we gave up a first, our first round pick, so the 17th pick, third round pick, and Jabril Peppers, who was what the 28th or 29th pick, 20 yeah, or tw- three years ago, yeah, first round pick, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was then that's what I thought too. When I came up, I was like, Oh gosh, who did we have to give up? I mean. Are we losing half of our, you know, half of our draft to to get this guy? But man, it's. I I I mean we, and, you know Jabril Peppers, um, you know we kind of, harped on him this season. I think he did get better, throughout the season. But he's, he he didn't turn out to be the guy that we all thought he could be coming out of college, um, you know playing at Michigan and. Playing. Defense at a super high level, being able to make a difference in special teams, uh, we didn't really didn't see that translate to the NFL while he was here in Cleveland. The punt um, returns, the kick right.
0: returns, it never really manifested at any level mm-hmm. that we thought Jabril yeah. Peppers could be.
1: And you know, the last you know four or five games of the season, he was really starting to to pick up his game. You know, he had that huge sack against the, the Broncos that sealed that game. Um, but. He's not on our team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. And I, yeah. I think I think we I think we got better. Yeah, but absolutely. From, from, I mean, the safety position we've got Demarius Randall for one more year. Um, maybe that's a a spot in the draft that we look towards. Um, I don't know. Maybe free agency. There's been talk that Eric Berry may be interested in, in coming to Cleveland. He was cut from the Chiefs earlier this week. Another Dorsey connection. Um, guy who's had some injury history. He did have cancer for and, and beat that. But, I mean, he's another guy who could be a solid defensive player if Dorsey chose to go that way. But I And somebody
0: you might be able to get on the cheap. If, right. If he just wants like a, maybe a one- or two-year prove-it mm-hmm. deal to maybe parlay that into a larger deal, uh, this would be a perfect stopgap for him. Sorry to interrupt, but a, a way to get maybe more money than he – get the money he thinks he's worth, mm-hmm. you know, Play play for a year or two with the Browns and yeah. show that you can stay healthy and, yeah. and so on and so forth.
1: I, I it's like I said, it's still like I don't know what, like yeah. it's the it's the Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> like, it's it's still not yeah. hit me like. No, it really um, has. But after he after Odell makes that amazing catch to to score a touchdown or something i'll be like yeah there we go i don't think it's really going to (laughs) hit
0: us either too until that first like that first training camp in july in berea and you see him actually come out in a browns uniform and i'm sure you and i will be there cheering him on uh we we just still can't believe it i mean this is this is not the place where we have nice things like i said this is This is where people leave us and move on to bigger and better things. And I honestly can't think of another athlete uh, that we've had come into Cleveland with this kind of clout besides LeBron. Like, really, in the last, I don't even want to say in the last 10 years, in our entire franchise history. Like, we've not had a player like this come to a Cleveland sports team. Um, Now, I know you can make the argument for, like, Frankie Lindor, but, like, we drafted him. He was in our farm system, yeah. Yeah, We knew he was coming. It was just a matter of time with Mm -hmm. him. This was groundbreaking, and I think a steal. Um, But then also leading up to that, we had some massive changes on the on the defensive side of the Mm -hmm. ball as well. Uh, The first one to break was uh, Olivier Vernon, Mm -hmm. and then Sheldon Richardson officially signed. Didn't we pick up somebody else? Or no, on Uh, the defensive side? Okay. Nobody of consequence anyway. But w- <clears throat> what do you think of the defensive signings as well? Let's flip to the other side of the ball because um, I I know we have some things we could talk about yeah. on the on the defense because mm-hmm. we already I think I think that's the other thing we need to remember too is is coming into this season I think we all expected our offense to get uh, to to grow a little bit even if nobody came in if Odell Beckham didn't come in I think we expected Freddie Kitchens to focus his energy on the offensive side of the ball, figure out a way to score more points. I think when I looked it up, we averaged 22 or 23 points a game this season. I think we needed to get – I think his efforts were going to be to try to push us closer to 30. But before the Odo beckham trade, we focused on defense, which I think was a shocker to all of us. Um, just, yeah, what, were, what was your takeaway from our, our defensive
1: additions as well? Um, well, you know, before we – before free agency started, we were talking about the draft um, and, and free agency. My my number one uh, need personally was on the defensive line. Um, I really think that the, our defense throughout the season kind of regressed, and I think we can agree on that. Um, yeah. We saw some really strong defensive play in the first half of the season, then it kind of went downhill once uh, Greg Williams became the interim head coach. I don't know if that had to do with you know him – Having to focus more on you know the whole team instead of just you know the defensive side of the ball, but I really wanted them to bolster the defensive line, and with uh, you know trading for Olivier Vernon and signing Sheldon Richardson, I really think that they really locked up that that defensive line, and and could be really scary for the next you know two or three years. Uh, and it was interesting too because before, if I'm correct me if I'm
0: wrong, that first the first thing I heard out of the defense was. They were talking about moving Miles Garrett around the line, and I was thinking in my head, uh, what's the benefit of doing that? Um, he seems like an edge rusher, mm-hmm. and he should be going up against you know left tackles and taking up that side of the field. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of happened first, and then some of these moves started trickling and continue.
1: So yeah, I mean Olivier Vernon, another young guy, he's twenty eight years old. Uh, another guy who's just going to bolster that defensive line. So you've got Miles Garrett. Olivier Vernon, um, Emmanuel Ogba at your other
0: D line, Ogan
1: Joby, and then Sheldon Richardson as well. I mean, you've got some, some beef on that defensive line. Um, you know, to have to, those guys are going to get those double teams so uh, Miles Garrett can get to the quarterback, can make those, those big plays that we've seen a little bit in the last couple years with him. But now those are he's really gonna get going now with with the talent that they added to the defensive line. Yeah,
0: and I didn't realize too how big Sheldon Richardson is You're like a big that. Man. I don't think we've had a guy of that size since Phil Taylor, who I think we all know how Phil Taylor ended for us. Um, but just having a guy who has made a name for himself and is just a low to space, I mean, you you almost have to double team that guy, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, they're going to jam him in the middle, if I'm not mistaken, like, he's going to create a lot of disruptions up the middle of any defensive uh, or, or, you know, when offenses scheme for him, I'm sorry, Um, but uh, yeah, that could be a really dangerous pass rush all of a sudden, which I think I think you and I both thought that that was a, a need, but it seemed like also our secondary kind of Took a hit too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just our entire defense seemed like they wore down as the season went on, which I agree. And I, I was, I was pleased to see that Dorsey at least uh, noticed that as well mm-hmm. and keyed in on that when free agency started. Um, were there any other big hits that we had? So f- I know we've we've added some other players. We added what that that Eric Cush guy mm-hmm. on the O line because we had to trade Kevin Zeitler away to get Olivier Vernon in, um, which. I'm really hoping that doesn't affect us. You know, I think the last, what was it, the last eight games when Greg Williams took over, our O-line played like every snap together. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed with the way that unit came along, and I was hoping that that uh, could continue maybe for another year or two, give Baker Mayfield a chance to grow and flourish and develop chemistry with those guys. Um, Do you have any concern from that perspective with, Maybe any guys that we subtracted, um, Zeitler being chief among them. But mm-hmm. um, do you have any concerns uh, moving f- forward? I guess after some of these, uh, after some of this player shuffling that we've had in the last week or two.
1: Yeah, I wasn't when I first saw that uh, that we had to give up Zeitler for, for Olivier Vernon. I was like you. I was kind of like, okay, this offensive line played really well second half of the season. But I, I, and especially, sorry to interrupt,
0: but especially because Austin Corbett right. was like the red flag. He was the guy that John Dorsey drafted mm-hmm. last year, who I think there was mixed reaction, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he was injured a little bit. There was talks of him maybe not playing up to snuff in training mm-hmm. camp. Like, there were, there was a question mark around him at the end of the day. So I think trading Zeitler away, and you're just assuming Austin Corbett can slide in there. Like, that. Mm-hmm. that was kind of a red flag to me. Yeah.
1: And I, I just think that Dorsey has some confidence in you know taking Corbett there at the was it the he was, he was the first pick in the second round last year right right before we got Chubb. yeah
0: we picked him and then I think like Chub was like two picks yeah. later or so something. I think
1: it just shows confidence in in him Dorsey saying okay I got this guy I I think this is our guy to be to be able to to trade away an asset in Kevin Zeitler he he has to have a lot of confidence in Austin Corbett to be able to compete for that starting guard position and, and flourish in that in that spot.
0: Yeah, Because now, what's what's our O-line going to look like, if I'm not mistaken? So I think we re-signed Greg, Greg Robinson, mm-hmm. didn't we, for a left tackle. We're going to have Joel Petonio left guard. Who's our center again? Is that Treder? Yes. J.C. Tredder. Then who's, who's on the right side? So we're going to have Corbett probably doing right guard. Right guard, right tackle, I yeah. don't know. And then I forget who else was on our unit from last year seems like so long ago. it does yeah yeah we're shaking our heads we (laughs) we don't remember without looking it up which whatever who cares it's the all it's the (laughs) o-line it'll work itself out as it does but um yeah that was really the only concern for me um what else did we have so we we also signed who was it? Adarius Darius Thomas, I think, was another guy we brought in from Tampa Bay mm-hmm. for the linebacking core. Oh, and we cut Jamie Collins. Uh, oh yeah, I think was... I think he got some serious snark from us last year in our in our
1: downs. He did. Yeah, I th- I think that was, um, you know, when that came across the wire, I was like, okay, yeah, it was. You know, it was to all talked through the combine that uh, Dorsey was meeting with his agent. They were going to see if they wanted to re-sign him or not. Um, but I think they did make you know make the right decision, let him go. Uh he 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 didn't perform up to the standard that we thought he would, um especially after uh the when we when we got him towards the end of what two two years two seasons ago, uh played really well and then he just kind of never it, it never seemed like he was around the ball when he was playing defense. It was always You know, somebody making the tackle, and then three seconds later, you see Jamie Collins standing there or, or, you know, coming to the ball. He didn't really make a huge impact on the defense that, you know, maybe we thought he would, so sayonara. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and, you know, he was, uh,
0: if I'm not mistaken, Sashi Brown's first big signing Mm -hmm. in the Sashi era. Um, I think he played a role, obviously, in helping to stabilize, you know, our team a little bit on the defensive side, but yeah, I think it was clear that it was time to move on from him. I know he's our our leading tackler last year, but like you said, just never seemed to make plays, always seemed to be a step or two slow, uh, was never around the ball. It seemed like everybody else was making plays but him. um, And it just makes you scratch your head and wonder, why why is this guy on our team then at the end of the day? Um, So what uh, Zach, does this... You know, I know we're only like a week into free agency and like all that good stuff. You know, the 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 calendar has turned on the new NFL season. We're officially into 2019 now. What does this tell you about the draft moving forward or maybe about the way that John Dorsey wants to continue to bring pieces in to this Browns team as we, you know, if start going through the calendar again, we get... To playing games what what uh, what do you see so far from this Browns team
1: high expectations yeah <laughs> um, you know I was just looking this up the browns still have just over 52 million dollars left in salary cap that's sick because I think we had
0: like <laughs> hundred two million yeah. like at the start of this so right, so, it so seems like we've been
1: on a spending spree but right. we really haven't so I don't think that Dorsey's done in free agency yet there might be it's I don't think it's going to be a big splash um, you know right after the Odell Beckham trade came through earlier this week um, there was rumors that Earl Thomas might be signing with the Browns he ended up signing, signing with the Ravens he would have been a, a great pickup at that, that defensive back position um, but you know kind of bolster up that secondary maybe somewhere with that with that 53 million i don't know how much of that could carry over into next year um maybe trying to extend uh demarius randall he's on his fifth year player option this year Uh, maybe try to lock him up for a couple years with some of that money um and then yeah just looking forward to the draft i mean our our three biggest needs that we talked about earlier were defensive line Offensive line and the wide receiver position, and I think we got two of those three in free agency. Done. I mean, I think our yeah. our wide receiver core is definitely better. Defensive line should be a problem for for opposing offenses, and now maybe you know, uh, you know, with some of these draft picks, get some some guys who can play on the offensive line, maybe some uh, defensive guys, but I still think Dorsey's got. At least one more quote unquote big signing left with you know with all that money he still has yeah. yet to spend
0: yeah that that makes sense I think the other thing too that this really signified for me was uh it doesn't seem like John Dorsey really valued uh, this year's draft class. Um, I can't really tell you anybody who's coming out this year besides like Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins and Nick Bosa. (laughs) So I I think maybe that I think maybe his team is looking at it the same way as like, what are we really going to get if we draft at 17 or what are we really going to get if we have that third round pick we got from the Danny Shelton trade? Um, I think now it's it's kind of the time to really push your chips into the middle of the table and say, hey, we got Baker, we have like a solid core of players to move forward with. With uh, you know Miles Garrett, Genard Avery, Ogba, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, it, like it's time to really go to the next level and build this team and fill it out uh, with playmakers on both sides of the ball and maybe this is the year that the draft just doesn't do anything for us. I know we still have 8 draft picks left. Um do you have that list yeah. pulled up? I mean, we're not even drafting what till the second round, right. like our, almost through the end of the second round. Our first round?
1: pick is the 49th pick in this. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know what to do with myself cuz as long as I've been a Cleveland Browns fan, we've been watching draft parties. I mean, for about 20 years the, now.
1: The Browns for the well this will be the first time the Browns don't have a first round pick since 2008
0: which is amazing cuz that was the last time we had a winning team yeah. was uh that 07 team when we had we went 10-6. And this year this past year we didn't even crack 500. <laughs> yeah. And I think that just shows you a where John Dorsey and his team thinks the Browns are overall. But I think it also really shows like hey this draft wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. for us seemed like a defensive heavy draft if i'm not mistaken yeah
1: it's very defensive heavy draft and i think uh i I agree with you when when you say that uh dorsey maybe didn't value these defensive players as much when you can make the moves that he did and and get guys who you know can play now instead of wasting or not wasting but using a first round that 17th pick on a on a kid who's 21 22 years old who is unproven in the league um he's gone out and said, "Okay, I know these these guys can play. I'm going to go get them. I'm not going to put my all my eggs into this basket of this 23-year-old who's coming out of college who's going to take two or three years to to progress. Right. I'm going to go get guys who can play now." I mean, it's a it's a win now mentality. Like, yeah. It's I mean, we're we're I mean, we were kind of t- we were talking playoffs at the end of the year, at the end of this past season, but now yeah. it's like if we don't make the playoffs, it's this season's going to be a disappointment.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely, because um, I think Baker's shown he's ready to take the next step. Uh, I think a guy like Miles Garrett has shown he's ready to take the next step, and you need to surround those guys with more pieces to uh, let them thrive and uh, build a team around them. Um, yeah. So w- wait, do you have that draft mm-hmm. draft uh, list pulled up? So wait, how much? So we have eight picks total, right? Can you just rattle Correct. through what we have coming up so I know when I need to watch the draft actually this year?
1: Well, you don't <laughs> need to watch day one.
0: Okay, sweet. I can take that day off. Yeah,
1: so Thursday night, you know. What you am know, I going to do with myself? I mean, you can still watch it. You <laughs> can could, could see what the what the Cardinals decide to do with that first pick. That'll be some high drama. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so we'll be picking day two on Friday. Second round, we've got the 49th pick. We've got a third round pick. Fourth round pick. Three fifth rounders, sixth rounder, and a seventh rounder. Yeah. Um,
0: so, so when when you rattle that off to me, it sounds like there's a potential to maybe get one or two solid players, but mm-hmm. maybe some practice squatters or special teamers, like guys who can fill your roster right. out. Maybe, yeah, guys who are going some dudes. Yeah. Um. And
1: and I also wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't rule out the the idea of Dorsey trading back into the first round. Um. Like
0: Packaging some picks yeah, together, yeah,
1: and, and we've talked about uh, Duke Johnson kind of being teams calling to see what the Browns may give up. Who knows? Maybe you can give Duke Johnson and one of your, you know, later round picks to get back into the first round if somebody you know wants to do that in the in the later first round. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past Dorsey. Maybe he sneaks into the bottom part of the first round, um, but I I wouldn't be disappointed if we don't pick in the first round. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, we could really appreciate a day off around here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's uh, how, how. many times have you watched the draft thinking that the Browns would be able to hit in the last ten years? Probably every draft, yeah. right? Yeah. I
1: mean, I mean, you go from, I mean, a year ago we were we were picking number one in the draft after an zero sixteen season, yeah. and now we're talking about the playoffs being – not making the playoffs being a, a disappointment yeah. for this team. I mean, I don't – I've been watching the NFL for a very long time, and I can't think of a, a turnaround like this in in the history of the NFL that I've – the 28 years I've been on this earth.
0: Yeah. I mean, because yeah, I agree with you, because even the the Detroit Lions, who were the other team who went 0-16 in a season – I don't even know if they made the playoffs after that. And I know since then they haven't really done right. jack squat. I mean, they have Matt Stafford, that's cool. But, like, Calvin Johnson retired, traded in, in Dominican Sioux or let him walk in free agency, I forget. But, like, it's been nothing for that team. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it stands as a stark compare and contrast, like, how the two franchises have kind of managed uh, their assets and managed their cap space and managed just their team overall. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, in football, you would expect it. Maybe not this drastic of a turnaround, but you would expect a turnaround Mm -hmm. after an abysmal season like that. Um, I know we have it on our list, uh, things to talk about. Let's just touch on this real quick. Um, John Dorsey. (laughs) He's really done uh, some good work with the Browns so far. But just what's... I guess what's the biggest thing he's brought to the team from your perspective? Um, since he's taken over, I think, what, 16 months ago? Like,
1: uh,
0: w- what's he brought to this team moving forward? And uh, I don't know, what what does John Dorsey mean to you? Because I think he's really coming out of this week as a genius. We saw this from, uh, you know, just last week, Browns players were, you know, tweeting out, you know, John Dorsey's a genius, and all this stuff, and I think kind of alluding to some of the things that was going to happen without tipping their hat, but just uh, yeah. I mean, what what's the state of the Browns now? The state of the Browns is strong, yeah. obviously.
1: I, I I just I think it's just the 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 culture change that he brings. You know, the last before Dorsey was was with the team, it was okay. We're we're stockpiling these draft picks. Um, we're not in a win now mentality. Uh, you know, you kind of compare it to the to the Seventy Sixers in the NBA with the the quote unquote tanking. Um, you know, yeah, in the comp- process, right? Compiling those draft picks um, and not trying, not trying to to build a roster that's going to be super competitive and then. This guy comes in and is like, "All right, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to win now." And and that I think that attitude and that culture change is just is just been so unreal. And I think it started last year with with picking Baker number one. I mean, he, he trusted this guy to to be the man, and he showed it on the field. And now he's like, "All right, I've got my quarterback. Let's put pieces around him. and We're gonna go try to win a championship." I mean, it's just like when Freddie was hired in his uh, in his uh, press conference when he was first named the head coach if you don't wear orange and brown you don't matter like it's the complete attitude change of this franchise is is unreal it's night and day from what it was a year and a half ago
0: yeah absolutely i mean uh it's nice to have some accountability it's nice to have uh, guys who want to win it's nice to have guys who want to be here Mm -hmm. um i think the old adage for cleveland sports over the last 10-15 years has been uh cleveland has been a nice place to stop and get paid a little bit, mm-hmm. but you're always kind of looking to whatever the next looking job it, is. Yeah. It's kind of a stopgap. It's not really the place that you're gonna end up. And it it seems like John Dorsey's really made this the place that people want to come to and this is the culture um moving forward. Just uh I don't know exactly where you stand on this, but I wanna ask this question then. Um where the Browns are at now, does this how does this make you look back at the Sashi Brown era? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm not even trying to put you on the spot. I honestly don't know. Like what you thought of how Sashi Brown managed the team
1: in his two years or so. Well, it got us to where we are today. I mean, you gotta pay your respects. Um yeah. <laughs> that I mean it's you know, it was a hard process to go through the last two or three years. Um we knew that it wasn't gonna be great football to watch every sunday but we we knew that there was going to be a time where the browns were going to be relevant again um i didn't think it was going to happen this quickly that's for sure um but i mean dorsey comes in and he's like all right i'm ready to go i'm going to take all these assets that we've gained the last few years and i'm going to put them to good use and he is a great evaluator of talent um he showed that when he was at kansas city um But it's just, I mean, you've got to pay your respects to the man who who got you here. Um, I hope he's doing well. I I don't think he's working in an NFL front office right now, but I hope he is. I mean, I hope that, you know, other Browns fans and all our other, uh, you know, executives in the front office pay their respects because, I mean, he did. I mean, like I said, it was, it wasn't always fun to watch, but it got us to where we are and we are now a... A team who is now what the fourth best odds to make it to the Super Bowl? Yeah, something stupid like that. <laughs> I mean we're like ten to one or yeah, seventeen to one or something to like win the Super
0: Bowl. It's and it, it changed just like that overnight. Um, you know, just making the Odo Beckham trade, but obviously there were a lot of steps taken before that to get to that point. Um Yeah, and really I just asked that because I know Sashi Brown's been a controversial figure in uh in Cleveland for the last couple of years. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, it's just the right, you need the right tool for the right job. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Sashi Brown was just the the perfect guy to make the tough decisions and maybe look at things a little more uh, analytically at the time. I mean, think of right before that we were kind of stumbling anywhere from six wins to three wins for what five years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just things weren't getting better. And he was finally the guy who came in and said some of these old guys were paying. We need to just cut them straight out and we need to just try to maximize our draft picks year after year um, to a increase our cap availability and the, the space we have to be able to sign people who do come into free agency. But then also uh, we need to maximize our hits in the first three rounds of every draft. Like, Um, the, the flip side of that is though, I think it has taken a guy like John Dorsey to be able to go out and uh, Mm -hmm. execute those draft picks. I don't think, I think that's the one blemish that Sashi really had on his, on his resume was he maybe wasn't the best evaluator of who he was bringing in. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there was a method, but, um, you still need a guy who can make those tough decisions in that space and just kind of, you know, rip everything down and start over.
1: Um, and you know who, a name that we haven't heard in the news in a while? Hugh Jackson? Well, yeah. <laughs> still still associated with the Browns. Who's that? Mr. Jimmy Haslam. That is... You know, uh, he. John Dorsey came in and he's like... I, I feel like everybody else that has been in this front office since the Haslam's owned the team have been like, it's Jimmy and then everybody else. But now yeah. it's John Dorsey and I'm going to make the decisions and and you're the Jimmy's hands aren't in this Odell Beckham trade. Jimmy's yep. hands aren't in some of these signings. It's he's, he's trusting that his GM can do his job just like every owner should do. And he's not coming out and saying you have to go get this guy or no, you can't go, you can't go trade for this guy.
0: That's a great point. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because I don't know if, I think it was about two months ago now that that piece on ESPN came out oh, about yeah. the Browns and Jimmy Haslam. Um, and i'll admit i got really scared after i read Mm -hmm. that um because jimmy seemed in that piece to be one of these uh hands-on very involved uh owner in every aspect of the business which i can't fault him for the business side but also the football side he seemed very hands-on jerry jones ish dan gilbert ish um You know, wants to be involved at every step of the way, but then also wasn't setting his guys up uh, in a proper structure to be able to execute the vision. Uh, Now, lack of vision also seemed to be a big problem, but after reading that, I was like, oh boy. I just hope Jimmy can at least see beyond this and understand that things are finally breaking our way. And I, I think that's a great point that you just made, is we haven't heard from Jimmy Haslam and he has let John Dorsey turn this thing around, I just hope that it keeps going in Mm -hmm. this direction. I hope that Jimmy is at least big enough to, uh, you know, because it does to an extent seem like this is John Dorsey's team now, Mm -hmm. even though I think we all know it's not. We know it's Jimmy Haslam's team, but like, to be able to take a step back and let John Dorsey do his job, I think is uh, great kudos to Jimmy Haslam. Jimmy, thanks for owning the team, buddy. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, keep, keep paying John, that money. Keep paying John Dorsey. Just keep that man on your staff, and good things will happen, and the fans will come back, and you'll make even more money than you have right now. But, yeah, no, uh, I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that, because I actually forgot about that piece oh, that, that came story. out. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was... It was kind it of was alarming, some of those things that were that, going on. Yeah, that. and I, I it's just so, so nice to see that now that you have a guy like John Dorsey, you know, especially with the with the coaching search, um, you know, hiring Freddie Kitchens, it was, you're going to report to me, and then I will report to the owner. It's not – we're not any back-channeling. It was a lot of um,
0: – It seemed like there wasn't a structure before John Dorsey. It seemed like all roads just led to Jimmy. Yes. And he, he kind of played this Trumpian game where, like
1: – He's playing he, – coaches and players yeah. against each other, yep. um, which is not healthy for, for any no. business uh, job, anything, no. whatever you want to say. But, yeah, it's just, you know, Jimmy's kind of let the reins off, and, you know, if, if he's meddling in all these affairs with, with John Dorsey, I don't know if these trades, these signings happen.
0: Yeah, which, you know what, I just thought of um, the best thing that could have happened to the Cleveland Browns maybe is the Columbus Crew because <laughs> uh, Jimmy Haslam has gone down and saved the Columbus Crew yeah. from getting moved to Austin, Texas. Um, I know he's been a big big part. I think he's a majority, if not the full owner, of that team down there, and he's helping them build a new stadium mm-hmm. and all that, and he's keeping the, uh, the one professional soccer team that we have in the state of Ohio in Columbus, which had been there for 20 years. Um, maybe that's taken some of his attention he's away, focused, and he's yeah. – And he trusts John Dorsey enough to kind of run this thing, and uh, kind of turn the Browns around and wake the sleeping giant, as it were. Uh, Zach, last exercise we want to do with the Cleveland Browns. um, Well, hang on. Two exercises. I want to touch on one more thing. So with with the draft moving forward, then, and with free agency still going on, I know there's still agents out there. What spots or what holes are on this roster that you think still need filled?
1: Uh, I, I still think uh, our defensive backfield, you know, we lose a, a starting safety in Jabril Peppers. I think they need to, uh, to focus on that, like we said, whether in free agency or in the draft. Um, but, I mean, other than that, get some role players, some guys who can spell some guys maybe on the offensive line. I mean, we've kind of done that uh, with a couple of these offensive line signings. But, I mean, there's really – I can't think of any other holes in this, in this roster. Um, we've, we've, got our, we've got our cornerbacks we've got our defensive line maybe you know maybe a linebacker uh, you know we signed the, the guy from Tampa Bay to kind of possibly take over that, that linebacker spot when Jamie Collins was cut but you know free agency through the draft to maybe get a linebacker but other than that linebacker safety I don't see any other any other holes in this in this roster I'll
0: do you one better. I think the only other hole that we might have besides the one you just touched on is tight end. I think that's why we brought, uh, what's his name, Demetrius Harris. Mm -hmm. Is that it? From the Chiefs in. Um, I don't think his stats really jump off the table. He's obviously not a Travis Kelsey type of tight end or, you know, he's not a high-level tight end, I want to say. But I think that's just a way to kind of put maybe David Njoku on notice. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, dude, your spot isn't secure you need to do more. Because I think we both thought he would have a breakout season last mm-hmm. year, and we both still scratch our heads at the inability for, you know, whoever was playing quarterback for the Browns last year to get a tight end to kind of have a big game or mm-hmm. two in a row or string a couple together. Um,
1: and I was kind yeah. of disappointed when uh, they didn't re-sign Darren Fells.
0: Oh, did they let him yeah. go too? I, I mean, did not he's, he I mean, he was a,
1: a great – Blocking tight end, um, yeah. and did it did make some you know a few little splashes in the in the passing game, but he was you know that solid tight end that you think about blocking in the run game, uh, helping out in the in the passing game too. So that was a little bit disappointing. I don't know a whole lot about this Demetrius Harris guy, but um, you know n- not re-signing Fells, um, I I was a little bit disappointed in that when that yeah. came out, came across.
0: Yeah, and I think I think think uh, as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, I think that is just our one glaring weakness is we don't have that game-changing tight end. I think we both hope Njoku is that type because he, he's not got the ability. He looks and walks and yeah, feels like yeah. the part. Um, it just hasn't translated so far. I think what he ended last year with like only 600 yards catching, like we would expect him to be pushing 1,000 if not over especially for a young quarterback mm-hmm. still. I mean, I know Baker feels like he's been on our team for 10 years now, but still hasn't even played a full season's worth of games. Right. And we know and I think we both believe that a tight end is, you know, a quarterback's best friend mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of the day. And
1: I mean, Njoku causes many a matchup problem. Um he's a big dude. I mean, and we talked He's talk,
0: like 6-4?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. and he he can he can box out a, a linebacker. He can go one-on-one against a, you know, a a slot corner, Um, and I think he will get his catches now with Odell, um, you know, commanding those double teams, um, getting him in those underneath routes and Joku, um, so I I think that if he's going to have a breakout year, I think it will be this year because of the other additions we've made at the wide receiver position.
0: Yeah, and the fact that Nick Chubb officially, like, Uh, has the league on notice that Mm -hmm. this is a guy you you can't just sleep on him anymore like he gets 10 carries he could get 160 yards Mm -hmm. like he just he doesn't need the ball a lot um so the last so the last thing i had uh let's let's go through this exercise the way too early call for the 2019 browns um i think we both pegged them at about six wins last year they came in just over seven seven and a half oh yeah the tie tie counts um I don't anticipate any ties. Let's not anticipate ties in this, but let me just read through real quick. So, obviously, we have six games against the uh, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers combined. The other home games this year, we have the Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, the Rams of St. Louis, and the in Los Angeles now. What did I say? You said St. Louis. Damn it. Uh, yeah, Los Angeles. They were in the uh,
1: Super Bowl, Steve.
0: Come on. Eh, whatever. I fell you asleep remember that in game? that one. Yeah, that feels like <laughs> 10 years ago as well. Uh, and then the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, away games this year, we have the Patriots of Foxborough. Oh, wait. New England. Sorry.
1: They do play in Foxborough.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're in an away game this year. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers, the New York Jets, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Denver Broncos. Just as you sit here today uh just make a call i mean what how many wins do you peg this browns team at um as we sit here he's
1: thinking you want a number
0: uh yeah that's how we do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: i wasn't sure i I kind of forgot how this exercise yeah it's been a while um wow okay Keep in um, mind
0: so they went the Browns went seven, eight, and one for anybody who's not paying attention out there. I can't imagine you got this far into the podcast and not understood football yet, but,
1: but can you teach me to football?
0: Yeah. Well, so I, I so here's the one thing I'll say is I do think the Browns last year overachieved. Mm-hmm. I know it kinda didn't feel like that, especially in the first half of the season, but I think we were both surprised how they were able to still kind of stay in the playoff contention until i think week 16 even like they were pretty deep into uh into the hunt um overachieved a little bit especially after that slow start i think we would have been pleased to get to five wins let alone Mm. seven and a half like they got um so i guess what do you think going into this year i mean with all the you know the chips are cashed in and expectations are officially here when you have a guy like Odell Beckham and you bring in Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, and even Kareem Hunt. I mean, even though we're only have him for eight games, and I don't think the schedules come out by the way, so I don't think we can really right. say how that's going to shake out. But well, I'll I'll just say too, AFC East. I think we know yeah. how weak that conference has been or that division has been. Not good. NFC West. I think that's been an up and down division. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the NFC,
1: excuse me, the NFC South a little bit, where like there's always a good
0: team or two, but it seems like they're always rotating.
1: Yeah, there's all that NFC South. There's always a different team winning that division like every year. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll I'll start in the division. Um, I'm gonna say we go two and zero against the l- little brother of of Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> not sure what they're doing. They're basically
0: uh, the South. They're not. They're not part of Ohio. Sorry, Cincinnati. We don't count you. You're in Kentucky.
1: Um, and, you know, the the Steelers losing Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, um, even though they did get some good production out of James Conner last year at the running back position.
0: But he had injury problems. But he
1: was injury prone. Um, Big Ben, maybe on his, you know, he's on his last legs. Um, he's been yeah. thinking about retiring for the last three years. Um. That offense isn't going to be as potent as it has been. I mean, they still have Juju Smith-Schuster. They've got some some good wideouts that can yeah. make plays, but um, you know, before some of these signings that the Ravens made, it was like this is the Browns' division to win. Um, they did the Ravens did sign Earl Thomas, um, but they also did get rid of some other key players on that defensive side lost of the ball. Five players yeah. in free agency. Yeah, I mean, so uh, Suggs is gone a lot of the the guys that have been a core of that defense CJ Mosley yes that they've relied on um, because that offense does not score a lot of points they rely on that defense to to stop op- opponents offense yeah. um, you know keep them under 10 17 points a game um, so i'm going to say what well, we play 6 six games i know games you want to say like 14
0: wins i could see it in i the don't want to say 14 <laughs> wins
1: i'm going to say Four and two in the division.
0: Okay, so you're already starting with four wins.
1: I, th- I think. I mean, this this Ravens Browns rivalry is going to be the one to watch. I think for the next eight to ten years, and not I just agree. in our in our division. I think in the NFL, you've got Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield going toe I to agree. toe for the yeah. next eight ten years. Yeah. Um, you've got the Steelers regressing. Um. But I think you know. If we can split both of those four and two in the division, um, that might win you. That might win you the AFC North.
0: Yeah, what? Uh, but overall.
1: Overall, um, that's so. That's four wins. Um, I'm gonna call a win against the Bills, Dolphins, Titans. That's seven.
0: Any of these teams have big signings? I thought the Bills signed somebody or traded for somebody. Uh, I know the Dolphins got rid of Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah.
1: So they don't have a starting quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, to the Titans. to the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Rams did resign Aaron Donald. Okay. Um, he was on a one year contract. Um, Dom and Dominic Su was on a one year contract last year. They have not resigned him. Still free agent. D- don't expect him to come back. Yeah. Um, Seahawks. Toss up. It is at home. If it's a late-season game at home, I, I could see that yeah. going our way. Um,
0: yeah, Seahawks in Seattle, I feel like, would that's be a, a loss. Tough, that's a tough that's place a tough to play. That's a tough place, yeah.
1: Um, but then, you, I mean, you look at our, our road games. You've got the Jets, that's a win. You've got the Cardinals, that's a win. You've got the Broncos, who already traded who, and yeah. they but they've got Joe Flacco now, Mister Mister Elite quarterback.
0: Who the Browns beat though?
1: Yeah. Um, so that's another. I'm gonna go.
0: And then you've got Jimmy G coming back from the uh, from injury right. for uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Expect him to have a, a
1: big year. Uh, I'm gonna go. Eleven wins, eleven and five. Okay. I Think that that gets you into the playoffs. That at least gets you a wild card berth. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that the division is, is still – I know that um, before the Ravens signed Earl Thomas, the the thinking across you know the sports nation was that it's now the Browns' division to lose. Um, I still think that could very well possibly be the case because that Ravens' defense isn't as strong as it was last year. Um, and then who knows what the Steelers are going to do. It, it's just so – it's so much fun how to see how the tables have turned with this, the Browns and Steelers. All of this drama that the that the Pittsburgh fans have had to go through these last six months, yeah. And and all of us Browns fans just kind of snarkily laughing, like we've had to deal with this for the last fifteen years. Now it's your turn. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll go. I'll go eleven wins. Eleven wins. Okay. I was going to say
0: initially when I looked at this list, I thought there were 12 wins on the board, but I do want to take a step back and say that I think there's 10 wins on the board only because the nature of football Mm -hmm. and how, while I said last year, I feel like we overachieved. I feel like even though we could make the playoffs this year, it might be like a little bit of an underachieving season. Um, I do think you have to always factor in injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to factor in a lack of chemistry. Um, you know, I mean, take for instance the, you know, like this team like the Steelers or the Patriots, who are like the bellwethers in the AFC conference. They always seem to start off like one and three in September, mm-hmm. but then they end up with like 12 victories by the end and are pushing for the Super Bowl or something. I, th- I think there's something to be said for teams that have been there before versus a team that's never been there before and I think as much moxie and confidence as Baker, Mayfield has and the rest of the Browns have they still haven't been there yet and I think it just I agree with you Like there is that mentality flip and there's just a big difference between being the team that nobody expects anything from to all of a sudden overnight, you're the team that everybody expects everything from. And I think this is going to be a real interesting season for the Browns. I think we're going to win a lot of games, obviously, but I think you're really going to see who is a championship player and who's not. Mm-hmm. For instance, we don't know if Miles Garrett is actually a championship player or not. He could be a good stats, bad team guy. Or he could be the second coming of J.J. Watt. We don't know that yet because we haven't really seen it. Mm-hmm. Like he's put up some decent statistics so far, um, but I don't feel like he's really impacted a game like we thought he would. Like he hasn't had that. So remember at the start of last season when the uh, when Khalil Mack played the Green Bay Packers and single handedly won that game for him. We haven't seen a game like that right. from Miles Gary yet. So like I think there's. This is the Browns still, as much as we think they could be super Bowl super bowl contenders, it's still a young team. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, our average age is probably what, twenty four now? Like, at least on the offensive side right. of the ball. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see us maybe underachieve a little bit, maybe lose a game or two that we feel like we should win. But uh I mean as much as I want to say we could win four games like in the AFC division, what what did we win? Did we win four games last year in our division? We swept the Bengals.
1: We won three. We won, we won three, th- two and one. Three, right? two
0: and one. Okay, I could see us doing a very having a very similar season this year just because of the nature of you play the same team twice. Um, you know that's hard to do, mm-hmm. and I could actually as much as everybody now wants to count out the Steelers. I could see the Steelers even having like a 10 or 11 win season this year. Just, you know, you have that rejuvenation year, that bounce back year, maybe that year that you overachieve with less talent. It, I don't know. Football's such a weird sport. Like, yeah. it wouldn't surprise me at all. And I'm really hoping that for as much as I love Baker Mayfield, I do really hope that he's the guy we all think he is and has a decent – sophomore season doesn't have a slump doesn't let defenses uh, kind of trick him or maybe figure out some of his ticks and he can grow past that but I guess we need to see that for me to really ultimately mm-hmm. say hey this is a 14 win team
1: right. or, you know something like that Yeah, yeah. I mean if, if there was any group of players uh, coaches front office people that I would bet on with these high expectations I think it would be Baker Mayfield with, with these new offensive weapons, with John Dorsey's ability to to gauge this talent, for Freddie Kitchens to be able to bring all these guys in. I think they've finally got a group of guys who can who can take those expectations and really really push the mold for them to to reach those expectations. Yeah. Now
0: now here's the other thing I will say too though is I don't think this season we are going to see games being lost due to coaching error mm-hmm. i think games that are lost this season will be like we get a bad bounce here or there's a terrible call by a ref here or like something that's not entirely in our like in our control right. i don't think it's going to be for lack of talent i think it's going to be like fluky plays that like maybe cost us a game here or there it's not going to be things that we do because i do think uh, on paper at least, this team is more talented than we 've seen in our lifetime, more competitive than we've seen in our lifetime, and um just hungry. Mm-hmm. I mean what Odell Beckham has played one playoff game in his career or something like like he's yeah. played very few like i think I think there's a perfect scenario for us to be a twelve thirteen win team. But I could see like maybe still a bounce or two going against us or something like that. So. And
1: like you said, we're a very young team. Uh, yeah. Inexperienced team who have not, you know, they, they did, you know, like we said, we were in the playoff hunt, small percentage wise, you know, into week 15, 16 last year. Um, but it's still an unproven team. So we just, you know, throw the guys out. Got to see what, you just got to yeah. see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I mean, at the end of the day too, you can never discount the injury factor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you never know what's gonna happen in a football game, especially more than any other sport, who might get a bad break or who might have a fluke injury or something or you know, somebody could tear their bicep tomorrow, like yeah. lifting weights. Like you just right. never know. So I think while I'm very excited, I'm still a Cleveland fan, and I do still in my heart of hearts think we can't have yeah. nice things. And now
1: <laughs> you, you bring that up um, with the injuries. Um, Tyrod Taylor is not on this team anymore. He signed with the uh, Chargers. So St. Our, Louis Chargers yeah. Yeah, St. Louis <laughs> Chargers? Yes. So our our backup quarterback now is Drew Stanton. So yeah. God forbid something happened to Baker Mayfield. It's a lost season. Yeah. yeah. So you know maybe that's another... Spot in in free agency or in the draft that that Dorsey tries to look for a, you know a backup quarterback that could, get you through a season, like I said, God forbid, just in case something happens with Baker, but yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think this is, I think this is just uncharted territory right. for us. Really, I mean, we've never, honestly. When's the last time the Browns have been Super Bowl contenders? The early '90s, late '80s, like. This that's, doesn't happen a lot that's before my time here. yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like way before you, it's barely me yeah. like it's it,
1: this doesn't happen a lot, and i it's a lot it's a lot of show me this year, yeah now we, we know we know what we've got on paper now, show me what you can do, and yeah. hopefully they can you know make those plays on the field and yeah show something.
0: I I do buy in though to the mentality cuz I I've seen a couple things on Twitter that and I agree with this sentiment. I I do think while you have Baker still in a rookie deal, this is the time to kind of push your chips in and say this is where we see what Baker's really made of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I think we saw some of that last year with mediocre talent to maybe good talent, but now we're pushing our chips in and we're saying you have pieces uh let's see what you actually are made of and if you can get the job done with a minus if not a plus talent mm-hmm. like you have what some sincere weapons on the field um to just break break games open i mean there's no reason on paper this team couldn't average 30 points a game and that's putting you in rarefied air in yeah. NFL football so uh At the end of the day, though, I think we're all in agreement that the Browns offseason has really made us just want to skip the Cleveland Indians and just go right to (laughs) September. But uh, let's touch on the Cleveland Indians real quick, Uh, Zach.
1: Thoughts? It's spring training. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't caught a whole lot of spring training ball. Okay. Um, But, hey, the season starts in, what, three weeks? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's an early start. I think yeah. it starts, like, a week earlier than usual. I think our home opener is before the season has ever started before. And I'm sure it'll be snowing. I think we start, like,
1: March 30th or yeah. something. It'll be rainy and cold in Cleveland, and we'll have a grand old time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, just early calls um, for how the tribe might fare or anything. I know Frankie's still out for, like, another
1: month or yeah. six weeks or so. Um, it's – you know, it. Same old story, you know, it's still our division to lose. Uh, but, you know, after that, baseball is such a long season. It's, it's really hard to, to gauge anything until, you know, yeah. August, even in, into September, um, you know, some of those playoff matchups. But um, not super high expectations for the, for the Indians this year, but I, I don't think the – But the, maybe that's a good thing. Right. The yeah. division's not out of the question um not nobody in our division has gotten any better in free agency. We saw the two big signings happen in in a different uh league, so we won't have to face those those two big name players as often, so
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we had Manny Machado go to the Padres for what 10 years and 300 million? million. Mhm. Then what? Bryce Harper was thirteen, 13 years. Three hundred and
1: thirty. 335 330, yeah. Something like lots, that. Lots of stupid
0: money. What so I know this is going around. I just want your thoughts real quick. What what does this do for a guy like Francisco Lindor, who I think any tribe fan knows is the face of our franchise and is one of those guys if he stays healthy. He's he's in that stratosphere, like top ten best baseball mm-hmm. players who's a non-pitcher, which I do still think I'm super glad that the Tribe front office was able to keep our starting pitchers in line. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Bauer could be a Cy Young winner, if not Mike Clevenger. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they could both be candidates. I do still stand by my take that Core Kluber is past his prime. He'll be a solid 15-game winner, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's an ace anymore. Um, But, like... What we've got, Frankie, locked up till twenty twenty one or something like that. I mean, what? Just do we have any hope of keeping this guy? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, un- unless unless the Dolans hit the lottery or something. I don't. I don't think it's. It's. I mean, it's just the the money in baseball is so ridiculous that somebody's gonna pay out the out the nose for this for this young talented player and who's in his prime. He's what 22, 23 years old. I think he's I think he might be twenty four I now mean again. he's he's got another twelve years 13 years that he could play consistently in this league um but yeah unless you know barring an injury or something I just don't think that that the Indians will will be able to keep him and and compete with those bigger name markets who can who can sh- who are able to shell out all that you know that 350 f- God forbid the four hundred million dollar contract that's been rumored that uh, Mike Trout is is going to be offered in the next yeah. couple years. I mean, it's just baseball's stupid money. I hope my kids go play baseball and make a ton of money. Yeah, that's, that's where it's at.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's I don't know. I mean, I look at a team like the San Diego Padres and I wonder like if they can afford Manny Machado. Why can't the Tribe sign Francisco Lindor to a long-term deal? I feel like as long as we had Frankie Lindor and Jose Ramirez, we had a solid core. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just it was kind of disheartening watching this off season and being like, oh, dang, that's us in two or three years whenever he hits free agency because even if we can sign him to a long-term deal like that, You know, we only have them for two years till we can't afford it and we trade them to the Yankees. Like, (laughs) because at that number, there's not many teams that can support that. So it's, uh, no, I'm with you. I think, uh, hey, I, I don't see any changes in the division in the postseason. Who knows? It seems like baseball has that figured out at least, where when you get to the postseason. It's kind of a crapshoot. It's, it's anyone's game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know this past year the Red Sox were the best team all season and won it, but that wasn't a lot. That doesn't a happen lot. a whole lot. No, it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, NBA basketball. Let's start with the Cavs, and we can talk about other things first. But have you been catching much NBA action lately? Um, have you caught the Cavs at all lately? Um, I know they've – hey, it, I, I saw this stat uh, last week sometime. In the eight games that Kevin Love had been back, we were five and three. Yay!
1: Double <laughs> um, double win total.
0: Yeah, but uh, do you have any thoughts on the Cavs? Right I there? watched
1: my first full Cavs game. Who was it? The Raptors game.
0: The one that we the one that we them? won. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was great. I just was sitting at home, wife wasn't home, and I was like, "Hey, I'll flip on the Cavs game," and it was a great game to watch. And that's yeah. the that's the first full. Cavs basketball game I've watched all year, and they looked really good. Yeah, they're not a. Uh... They're having fun. They're... they're they're they're. The, the product is fun to watch when the, when the players are having fun. Yeah, and you know, we know our team is not great. We know they're not making the playoffs. We know we're gonna, you know, we we know we're gonna be picking in the lottery. But to see the guys play hard and just go out there and do what they can it's it is fun to watch and i was glad i was able to tune into a win
0: yeah i mean i think we all knew the product wasn't going to be great but um so wait i think as of as of today if not as of yesterday we're 17 52 so we've won 17 games with what 12 to go um the first time LeBron left us, we only won I think 19 games, if not if I'm not mistaken. And as you alluded to, this team's fun to watch. Like there is some youthful energy on there.
1: Yeah, after LeBron left, you could not watch those games. That first season, they was lost what 18 rough. or 19 in a row, and
0: I thought it was like 26 or something. It was some, stupid, some
1: NBA record. Yeah. But yeah, that that team was unwatchable. But you know, you've got young guys like Chetty Osman coming out and playing his balls yeah. off every game. Jordan Clarkson, who has turned into a player, Colin Sexton, who's picked it up, broke Kyrie's record for made threes and for a rookie. Colin for the Cavs, Sexton is who
0: a totally different player. Never would have thought, yeah, thought. Yeah,
1: never would thought that would have happened at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean these these young guys have have made strides in a lost season. Yeah. you know, um, a season that they're not com- you know competing for a playoff spot. Um, as opposed to like you said, the first year that LeBron left, when we have these these young guys. Who, for those four years, it was a different, you know, twelve-man roster every every year. Right. And I mean, I think that the the Cavs do have some solid players that they can they can keep through these uh, couple years, and I think they're they're uh, progressing a lot more than what we thought they would. Especially, like you said, Colin Sexton, you know, coming out the first part of the year, we're like, oh, geez, what did Dan Gilbert do? But yeah. now, now that pick, you know, 65 or whatever games into the season is looking pretty good, I mean. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the first, I think I think through the first, like, 15 games or so, Colin Sexton had only attempted, like, 10 threes. Like, he was looking like Ben Simmons. Like, mm-hmm. he refused to shoot from three-point range, even though he was shooting a lot of deep twos. But, um, yeah, he's really picked it up. I think he's bumped his average up to higher than uh, Trey Young, shooting from three. Like he's, and over the last like 15 games, he's averaging almost 20 points. Stop, Rambo. Dog's going crazy. But uh, uh, another fun fact I I just learned. So Colin Sexton this season, this is his first season, right? He's a rookie. Mm -hmm. He's played, I think, every game except one. He's already eclipsed 1,000 points for his NBA career, which is, I mean, he's not going to be the NBA all-time points leader. But he's already scored more points than Lonzo Ball has in his two seasons that he's played in the NBA, and Lonzo, I don't think, has played more than 55 games in a season. So we've already got a point guard in place who doesn't really have the impact defensively, I don't think, yet, that... A guy like Lonzo has. He's just not the same size. He doesn't have the same wingspan. Um, And doesn't have that same passing ability yet. But from a scoring perspective, has already exceeded what Lonzo's put out. Lonzo hasn't even scored a 1,000 points yet. Looks tentative. Real reluctant to shoot shots. And he's also not making them at the same clip that Colin Sexton is. We just didn't have a guy like that the first time around when LeBron left. And like you said, we didn't have a guy like Chetty, who was in his second year and coming off a solid season internationally playing for Turkey. Didn't have a guy like Jordan Clarkson coming off a solid international season with the Filipino team. Uh, didn't have guys like uh, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and Matthew Della Vadova who have championship experience, like won a championship mm-hmm. with this team. And know how things are supposed to go. Um, it's just night and day, and yet yeah, that I don't know how the Cavs were able to do it. But there's energy in the queue when you watch games like home games for them. I mean, the the stadium is packed, crowds on their feet, and this team's going nowhere. And you look at other team. You look at some teams in the playoffs. They don't have that kind of right. atmosphere in the crowd, and it's it's really refreshing to watch. Let me pull this out real quick. Let's just go over the league in general, though. So, I don't know if you guys hear that. That's the piece of paper Zach and I wrote our preseason picks on for the uh, East the, and Western What's Congress. the date on that? Uh, July 2nd of 2018. I wrote it down. Uh, These were the teams that we picked. I'm not going to go through seeds. I'm just going to say like the teams that Zach and I picked. Uh, We both had the Rockets, Warriors, Oklahoma City, Thunder, the Jazz, and the Pelicans making the playoffs. Uh, Zach, you also picked the Nuggets, Lakers, Timberwolves. I also picked the Nuggets, Blazers. Am I missing one? Lakers. Lakers, yeah. For the West, um, pretty solid picks, I'd say. Uh, We kind of missed on some of the seeds so far, but the season's not finished. Um, And on the East side, it's a little more clear-cut. We both had every single team, except we both picked the Wizards to make the playoffs, and the Nets are actually the team that's in the playoffs for the Wizards. Um, Just uh, how do you feel about your picks, man?
1: I I feel really bad because (laughs) for one, because I wanted to put the Cavs in the East and you talked me out of it. I'm glad I'm glad you did that. (laughs) I did have
0: to talk you out of the Cavs making the playoffs. But that was but but that was
1: when Dan Gilbert said we are still competing for a playoff spot. Dan Gilbert said a lot of things though. He did. But then you also talked me into putting the Lakers in. I didn't have yeah. them in, and you talked me into that. So.
0: Well, to be clear, I had the Lakers in as well because I didn't think LeBron would miss 18 games. Yeah. Um, I think that was. that's never happened in his career. I don't think we could have foreseen that, yeah. although we probably should have foreseen that. Because he did miss two weeks the first time he came back to the Cavs. I think he missed about... 10 or 12 games Yeah, takes that December off took his hiatus he went to the OSU national
1: championship game and all that good stuff but yeah other than that I mean it's we were we were pretty pretty close I mean we thought the Pelicans would be there and then we didn't expect Anthony Davis to just come out and say I don't want to play for this team anymore yeah uh (laughs) other than that you also um, had the Timberwolves I don't think we anticipated Jimmy Butler really getting
0: traded and that whole thing blowing up um and then the wizards just i mean john wall's been injur- injured most of the year
1: they made I, some trades too uh, yeah they yeah they've kind of they they're sh- they're in the they're right on the cusp but i think they're like oh well, let me i pull i have it up right here they are 4 games out of 8th place so there's a low key chance games but left. yeah it's not looking great um but yeah who would have thought the brooklyn nets would be would be in that in those top eight teams nobody i mean they they
0: don't have a solid team they don't have a solid number one starter um or number one all-star even um the other team i think we missed too was the clippers in the west yeah not really having a number one star um traded tobias harris i think everybody who covers the nba nationally stop um thought that after they traded Tobias Harris they would be tanking. Mm-hmm. They, haven't. they haven't. They've yeah. stood pad a little bit. Um Yeah, just a just an interesting season, but I think we picked mostly pretty good teams.
1: Yeah. For our way too early.
0: Yeah, our way too early. Um but I mean that always happens. There's always like one or teams in one or two teams in, one or two teams out. Yeah. Like it just it just happens that way. But it's a good yeah. little experiment. Yeah, it was fun. We'll see how the seeds shake out, but I do want to get you on the record. What uh, I do want to flash forward to the NBA Finals. What do you think's going to happen? Which teams do you think make it,
1: knowing what we know so far? Um, okay, so my West team will be the Warriors. Shocker! Shocker! Coming out of the East, I'm going to say. The Milwaukee Bucks. Our homegrown. Our, our, our number team our that, number two team. Yeah. And I think the Warriors win it in six games.
0: I sent the ringer about a three thousand word email about why <laughs> I adopted the Bucks as my team <laughs> and want to see if they respond to it at all. But um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's Bucks, Warriors. I just I just hope it's either the Bucks or the Raptors because I want to see the Warriors have to uh, not have home court Mm -hmm. in the finals. And if one of those two teams makes it, obviously they'll have home court over the Warriors in the finals. Um, I just think it'll be interesting to finally, first off, the Warriors will have a hard road, I think, through the Western Conference, harder than they've had uh, in this entire run. But then to not have home court in the finals, they've never had that as well. Right. I think that will be interesting to see how it shakes out. When you don't have just a two-game spot, <laughs> right. you know, you're know, you already up 2-0 before you visit the other team uh, in the finals. Because um, I think the Warriors are a real front-runner team. Yes. Um, like, they do much better when they're in front versus when they have to come back and try to win a game. Um, so Unless you're up 3-1. Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you're up 3 one. Uh, Zach, we've had some big developments though too. Like, how's your so you've had some developments in your sports career?
1: Uh, sort of, kinda. I'm on a trial run right now. You get, s- you right get now. some game tape? Do you want to yeah. talk about it yet? Um or is it way too early? No, we can talk about it. Okay. Um so I applied for a position through a Pro Football Focus, um, keeping uh, statistics on players and where they play on the field at any, at any given play. Okay. Um, so it's a lot of film watching and seeing where players are um, both on offensive and defensive side of the ball, uh, tracking where they're at, where they line up right before the ball is snapped. Um, I got my first tape on Tuesday. Um, breaking that down, I've got two more series to go by Wednesday to turn that in. Um, and it's just a trial run um, they're going to send me some feedback and then I think two more films after that it's a it's a month long trial period and then uh, they do the interview process after that so something I love to do I love to break down film uh, I love to watch and see where, where players are at what they're doing um, and it's been a lot of fun um, it does take a lot of time uh, yeah. because you're uh, the one the one position that I struggle with on offense is the wide receiver position because they can be in six different positions, um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, it's all, it's really hard too because you've got your your defensive linemen who can be in six or eight different positions depending on where they line up. If you're head up on the on the center, or if you're shading the center, if you're in the A gap, B gap, and you and all you have is the the tv film to watch so okay. it's really hard to tell okay is this guy head up over the center or is he shading his his left side a gap or his right side a gap you really have to look and see with uh hand placement um shadows on the field to see where they're playing so it's it takes a little time but okay it's it's been fun it's been challenging um but I've enjoyed it so far, um, and I, I don't know. It, we'll see if it turns into anything. It may not, but a you know, little, little side hustle.
0: And you've been doing that for a couple weeks now?
1: No, it just started on – they sent me film on Tuesday, so I've oh, been nice. doing it since then, um, just breaking down stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a fun little exercise. Um, maybe something that can turn into a little bit of cash on the side, but – Cash oh, on the side. See. That should
0: be the new name of the podcast. Cash, Cash on, the on the side, side. Yeah. yeah.
1: What about you? You you uh yeah. You started a little new gig.
0: Just officially this week uh, signed on with the guys at bigplay.com uh based in Cleveland. Um, I'll be covering the NFL for them and yeah, we'll just see how it goes writing stories for them, generating some content and uh, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna exclusively entail just the Cleveland Browns. So I'm gonna have to focus on the league a little more. A uh, little little anxiety around it because the NBA's obviously been right. my baby and the thing I'm most comfortable with. But NFL's something. Now that the Browns are good, <laughs> it's easier to watch and uh, be involved with. So, uh, yeah, look for some stories uh, from me out of that. Follow the guys at BigPlay.com. They're on Twitter. They're on uh, you know. Have a website, have an app, all that good stuff. A lot of good guys over there. They seem like they know what they're doing as far as building um, kind of a, a nationwide sports platform, alternative media, you know, web, you know, it's web-based. Mm-hmm. It's not not in print anywhere. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. And, uh, yeah, just figured we'd give a shout-out to our – because you're a pro football focus now. Yeah. Big play. Hey. We're, making, we're making, making waves. We're making moves, man. Cash on the side. That's right. Cash on right? the side. A little right. side hustle. Yeah, absolutely. Stop making these dog bowls. <laughs> yeah, speaking of dogs, Rambo needs to go out, so he's giving me the cue that it's time to wrap. Got anything else on the way out, Zach?
1: It's been fun. It's been too long. Yeah. Let's. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we might
0: have big news coming from this podcast pretty soon, too, but we'll let you guys know. Keep in touch. And... Uh, Probably market time, right? Market time. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm Steve. He's Zach. We're the Bullseye Boys. Peace out.